Welcome, welcome coaches, teachers, parents, and medical professionals. You are listening to Larissa Mills and my podcast, At The Table. I am the founder of iParentGen.com. And today and every day, we are going to discuss how families and schools are managing technology and raising children and teaching them. We are also going to listen to how technology is impacting athletes and their level of sport. So let's get to it. Stay tuned and please call in with your questions or join us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. But parents, you are not alone. There are courses, articles, and videos on my website. Please sign up for free. So let's get listening. Hi there and welcome Clarissa Kennedy. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Larissa? I'm excellent. I did not eat sugar this morning. Just good for so you. you. <laughs> Well, today we have with us a very special guest, and I wanted to expand my podcast to include more, more professionals from all different areas. And Clarissa Kennedy is an internationally accredited food addiction counselor, social worker, and has additional certification in mental health and addictions. And she's certified to perform the diagnostic assessment tool, SUGAR, which I really will talk to you about in a little moment here. Uh, Clarissa founded Reinvent Your Bliss Point, which we'll also connect with later. Um, she is also uh, working with the pro, she's the program coordinator for a local community meal and program at Food Bank, where her focus is providing fresh food um, to those who are financially insecure, commendable. Uh, <laughs> she is passionate about her work in the field of addictions and mental health and hopes to create real change in the field of food addiction, which I fully support her doing. She works with others to help them find this freedom too. Food is not your entity, diets are. And I really like that statement because it's all about how you think about food. And when you begin to see food as medicine and learn practical strategies and eating what you need, not eating what you want, I think it does complement how we're going to move forward in our house. So welcome, Clarissa, to the table today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So we are going to talk about, for the children and for parents, we're going to talk about diets, how phones and technology are slightly changing what we're grabbing right in the Mm -hmm. fridge. We're going to talk about sugar addiction, processed foods, and I don't think we'll have enough time to do everything. So you'll have to come back. Um, (laughs) And we're going to explore how food is actually changing our behavior along with the food addiction process and the addiction process from phones, because it's, it's, it's grabbing the same hormones, right? So Clarissa, can you share a little bit about your story and your qualifications? And if we screw up today, there is a Larissa and a Clarissa in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> sure, I, I'd be happy to share some of my story. Yeah, so I want to hear it. I grew up in the age of processed food. I'm 41 now, and I know that processed food really launched in the 1980s, and that was when I was a child. And so, you know, I woke up having chocolate breakfast. It was like this drink, this shake. Yes, that I would have. And uh, even my friends to this day still remember us having the junk food cupboard and, you know, not to throw my parents under the bus, but 
you know, mom was a nurse, dad's a physician and it was just, they were busy and it was all about convenience. Mm -hmm. And I just really always found I had a hard time moderating how much I consumed. And it, you know, I was always very active, very physical. And so it never really became an issue until um, first year university where you're on your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. And my roommate had mentioned to me, oh, you know, if you wore the same size pants as me, we could share. And she was skinnier than me. So all I heard was, I am fat. And so from there, it started years of anorexia, bulimia, even at some point laxative use, all because I couldn't control the food I was consuming. So I had to use these techniques Mm -hmm. to keep the weight down. And what we've learned is these disordered eating behaviors can start early for individuals with food addiction. And so for me, it was just, that was the beginning of my story. And then I was in a very serious car accident when I was younger, uh, 25, and I was prescribed some Percocet at that time. And yeah, and and it was before anyone really knew about the dangers and how addictive it was. Because again, this was big pharma marketing to us that this is great for pain. So of course, um, if I look at the pattern, I became addicted to the prescription pills as well. Mm. So because of my experience with addiction, I decided to go into the field and I studied mental health and addictions. And then I was at this conference in Toronto as I was working with lots of clients who were going off alcohol and drugs and switching to food. And so when I was there, I met Dr. Vera Tarman and she yeah. was speaking about food addiction. And she had written the book, Food Junkies. So while I was sitting there, I realized what she was talking about is she was speaking to me. And so I went up and spoke to her after, and then she told me about this amazing food addiction course I could take in Iceland. So it was all online, and then I flew to Iceland and learned exactly how important it is to know what we're eating, and that when we eat whole foods, our body and our brain biologically processes them differently than the refined sugars Sugar. and processed food that's Can out there right now. explain and define? Just because I know we're all not chemists, right? Yeah. We're all, like I did take foods and nutrition a bit, but can you explain the difference to everybody about ref- how, what you just said? So refined sugars versus let's say a whole food. What, how okay. will our body um, digest those differently? So what happens with a whole food like fruit? right? So fruit probably has, it has uh, fructose in it, but it also has fiber. So when we eat it, it breaks down differently on our body because it takes longer for the uh, fructose to be released to the liver. But when we drink like a SSB or sugar sweetened beverage or a refined processed food, as soon as we consume that, that's like a direct hit to the liver. And what gets, happens is insulin is released in the pancreas. And then we call that 
is either known as the energy hormone or the fat storage hormone. And this is usually what's happening with children when they're consuming processed foods all day. Mm. They are constantly triggering insulin and it's leading to childhood obesity as well as fatty liver disease, which only used to be present in alcoholics, adult alcoholics. Yeah, my husband sees a lot of that. Yeah. Now, one of my questions to you is that how much sugar, and let's take Canadian statistics, you can use American if you want. So how much sugar are kids under 18 actually consuming? Okay. So I did put uh, some stats together for you. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I think it's important to know that one in every five calories that Canadians consume comes from sugar. The latest data collection from Canada was done in 2015. That's like the most extensive research. And what we know is they're consuming an equal amount, if not more these days. Mm. So children two to eight consume 24 teaspoons a day. And yeah. And children nine to 18 consume 27 teaspoons a day when both categories are recommended only five to the six teaspoons. Okay. We know so you're yep. talking about like lining up it, just for all the listeners to get a really good metaphor image in your head. We're talking about, let's say, how many grams of sugar in a Coke? So probably up, like, like 50 something. Yeah. A day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I can't even, I can't even drink Coke. Like Well, and Coke you just need, sick. the most important thing people need to know is that four grams of sugar equals one teaspoon. So you almost need to put a calculator in your purse when you go to the grocery store so you can figure out what you're consuming and how much of it you are. Wow. And then then you wonder why they have this huge high and then they have this big crash. And it's the crash that makes them the moodiest, I find. Right? Absolutely. In the schools. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how much... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, food producers know this as well. And that's why they create the food to be like that, because they know when you're going to crash, you're going to need more. And when you need more, you buy more. And so for them, it's profit and they don't care about our health. No, no, they don't. Now, adults for me. Okay. So I try to eat very little. I don't eat any processed food, hardly at all, if I can help it. Um, how much sugar should an average adult female be be eating a day? So that the average female should be consuming no more than six teaspoons. Six. That's, yeah. That's a fair bit too, I think. It is. And for men, it's nine, but, but Canadian adults are consuming 22 teaspoons oh, of sugar a day. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I but it's, that to people, the but problem that, is it's so that's hidden. Just, that's just crazy. Cause I'm trying to think now my kids, yes, they're allowed um, one treat, like a, like a treat mm-hmm. and it's usually controlled, but we make our own food. I limit the sugar. I make our own, like I use applesauce and muffins instead of sugar, mm-hmm. um, but I have to, I try and look at what's in everything. And I try and make it all no uh, processed food at all. Like my own flour, yeah. with flour mill. And I try and limit white. The uh, best I can do is get in the whole wheat uh, bread and those types of things. Rice flour instead of white flour too. 
Mm-hmm. Like I try everything. I mean, all I can do is try, right? They do get their like a cookie or something, but I try and limit it. At least I'm watching. Like I'm yeah. watching. Yeah, it's also the condiments though that you've got to watch, right? Yeah. Be- and you need to look when you're reading your ingredient awesome. list. It's yeah. like the closer it is to the first ingredient, the more yeah. sugar there is in it. Yeah. And there's over 70 names for sugar and the food industry 70. knows. I have yep. no idea. Wow. Like, so when you say, oh, you I don't use- have time for all 70. Just <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to list them. <laughs> Although I do want to know that. <laughs> I'll I'm give sure. you the list though. I'll send it to you as a resource. <laughs> oh but they gosh. also use things like brown rice syrup. So you feel like that's a healthier thing. But it's still the same thing. It's sugar. Your body from I'm the so neck so- down. Yeah. It's the same, the same process with like white bread, with table sugar, with high fructose corn syrup, and syrup is huge. Like the one I we were on maple syrup most of us in this house, but I looked what was on the side of Aunt Jemima. Mm -hmm. Holy, so they don't know it, but I've been dumping maple syrup (laughs) in a little bit into the Aunt Jemima bottle so that these. I'm trying to, you know, get them off of it. Yeah. And they don't even, they don't really know yet. Mm -hmm. The one figured it out, but I told her, if you tell, (laughs) you don't receive. Exactly. (laughs) Pancakes on, because I make pancakes ever, ever since COVID happened. Usually I do it every Sunday, but on the weekend I make pancakes. Mm -hmm. And, and because during the week, I don't have as much time, but they just love them. They like stacking them or whatever, but yeah. now, my next question is, we know that teens are spending 30 to 40 hours a week on a phone. They are mm-hmm. sedentary. They're not moving. And this is even now we're finding more research that nine-year-olds are not moving. Now, we're, we're programmed to move bipedally for our heart, for our circulatory system, our limbic system. We're supposed to be moving six hours a day. Now, mm-hmm. kids are barely moving two. So we are seeing obesity skyrocket and with the dopamine cortisol and adrenaline all through using phones yeah keep the sugar up so how can we control their diet if they're staring on a phone and in it it is also spiking it as well mm-hmm. well it's interesting because i think we still associate um you know calories calories in calories out all calories are not equal right? So a calorie of broccoli is not the same as a calorie in a cookie. It's digested completely different. Uh, The problem is we are becoming so sedentary because we're almost in this brain fog numb of processed food all day. And what that does is leave us depleted of energy and we're, it's almost like we're walking around a bit in zombies. I call it zombie mode. Absolutely. And so why would you want to go outside if you have no energy? Yeah. That's part of it. And then it's also that same spike you get of dopamine when you consume sugar. That happens when you're on your screens too. So you're switching from one addiction to To another. another, It's the same hormone, right? Exactly. And But they partner even better together to be mindless while you're on your screens and eating at the same time. Netflixing and Ben and Jerry's. Why not, right? (laughs) And that's what people call comfort, right? We don't know how to soothe without food anymore. 
And, and these kind of foods are not comforting. They are killing us. It's interesting because I I met with this wonderful woman, um, Dr. Uh, uh, Collier, who is a psychotherapist, reverend and author of the power of off. And she said, we have become so unaware of our own selves and what we're doing now that our habits are so bad. She believes that and many medical professionals believe we are in an epidemic yeah, bigger than COVID. And if we took COVID out, because COVID, you can have it and go back. This is still an ongoing addiction. Mm-hmm. We're actually all falling into, I could even say that unless I changed my phone, which was about 10 years ago to work for me, so I could lower my stress hormones. Yep. I changed my phone so that I know which notifications, emails, mm-hmm. What is talking to me? What is not? When I'm allowed on, I time how much long I'm on Facebook or I'll go down the rabbit hole because I found I was eating more. Yep. And I gained weight. And and I'm pretty athletic. Like I'm outside. I work out. I I walk a dog. I have to walk her. She's huge. So I was like, why am I gaining? And I realized it's stress. Yep. Yeah. Cortisol. So I just shut it off and I look at it less and I'm actually happier. Yeah. I mean, we're in the age of consumption right now. And so even if it's like, we don't know how to cope with life on life's terms, but you really can't out-exercise bad food. Yeah. I'm learning that at 47. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. I know our metabolism changes, right? Um, Drastically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's not about necessarily, I just need people to know, restricting calories. I want or restricting fat. I want that to change. Our brains are 60% fat. We need healthy fats in order to think correctly and make wise decisions. And if we're not consuming those, then we are under the influence. No different than somebody who's intoxicated. You mentioned your struggle um, with anorexia and, and that. And now... I'm speaking to someone from, um, I believe it's CAMH or Youth Mental Health in Canada. Mm-hmm. In next, yeah. And they are seeing more social media comparativism issues. So body image issues. Mm-hmm. So more eating disorders than the last century combined on the last three years. Something, something odd like that. Yep, absolutely. That terrifies me. And I'm worried. So how do we, I mean, I, I mean, I know how I like swimming for girls because swimming gives girls a very good body image. They mm-hmm. eat 10,000 calories a day and they have a great in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Right? But how do we stress to our children that your body is a machine that needs to be oiled and taken care of and that you should love your bodies because when they go and look on social media, Oh my gosh, the photoshopping and the and the enhancements and the filters. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they make these 14-year-old girls look like they're 24. Exactly. And, and how do we how do we disconnect that? But they're connected. The yeah. food and the social media. It's it's definitely interesting. I'm seeing more youth for sure struggled with disordered eating behaviors. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just the fact that they have to wear a mask, they're eating at their desks alone. They don't even want to take their mask down because they have acne. There's a school up here who canceled lunch because kids were going, uh, leaving property and hanging out together. And 
so what? They're supposed to bring a lunch to school, but they can't have a locker because of COVID. So right. they have to carry this lunch around all day. And if you remember anything like me, that's not cool. Um, so No, I ate in the cafeteria and we had fun. We played yeah. cards and we socialized because it was, it was awesome. I loved it. We yeah. Fun things at lunch hour and we would hang out and socialize. And I, I don't remember being sitting on my phone. No. We moved around at lunch hour for another hour. But if you think about the environment that kids are going through right now, it's chaos. And we yeah. know with eating disorders, disordered eating, kids take their control back by restricting food. And that's why we're seeing anorexia. We're seeing binge eating disorder because people yeah. are still eating the processed food unable to control their moderation of it and yeah. over consuming and then needing to find a way to get rid of it. I think parents really need to see what their kids are looking at. They need to but have parents can't see. But what parents have an equally bad diet and think uh, where what they're eating and that's part of this whole exploration of this podcast is to say okay you know, I had to make improvements too. We did. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to hide chocolate chips and I won't tell you where in case you <laughs> listen to this, but because I use them in sporadically in, in like a special Sunday pancake or, but if my one kid finds them, man, they're gone. Yeah. Well, those and foods weren't created to be eaten in small amounts. They want you to eat the whole bag. Oh, no kidding. Um, so I hide them in like my underwear drawer. <laughs> He won't go in there. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> he won't go in my sock drawer. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's as parents, we have to model the behavior because there is nothing that will change change a child's experience more than that. Seeing yeah, see. what you're doing, seeing it change your mood. Yeah. Like the most the thing I love when I work with clients is that I get to see the light come back in their eyes and they start to show up again for their family, for their kids. And then they start to be proactive in terms of looking after what they're feeding their children as well. Yeah. Now, um, if I were to send a parent or a child to you, how do you do that assessment work to say, okay, you guys want to see a change? How do you assess their, I guess, their home, their diet? How, what does that look like if they came to you for help? So I usually would do like a pre-assessment evaluation and I am somebody who works holistically. So I'm looking at mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And I, I will walk through their routine. I will walk through their day. We will talk about what's in their pantry. And people have this misconception that eating real food costs more. I'll tell you what happens oh, no. is your fridge gets full and your pantry gets empty. And that's a good thing because that means you are on your way to health. And yeah. yes, you may have to, I think the number one thing we need to do is cook with our kids more. We need oh, to yeah. teach them how to cook, yes. how to prepare these foods. Yes. It used to be a thing back in the day where we would have like home ec and they I taught love, us. I really wish that would come back because I mean- I can't believe, I, where did I read it? It was about a university statistic that more and more children can't even boil an egg or make their own dinner. At yeah. And my nine-year-old knows how to make macaroni and cheese, make his own lunch. He's nine. Yeah. And my oldest is 17 and she's pretty elaborate with the recipes, but they all can cook. Beautiful. All three kids. Now, not masterfully. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like we're talking and they clean their dishes. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. So I'm, well, it's just all about habits and consistency. And that's where I'm like, you guys want to do this. I love that you want to cook and I'm going to eat what you cook, which I almost sometimes I'm like, oh, that was so gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I eat it. But I'm like, but we have to learn to clean up after yourselves because then mommy doesn't want to do 10 pots at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. And this is pre-COVID. Now, mm-hmm. now they're home more. And parents are complaining about, yeah, you just had to make lunches. And like, now there's parents, you know, cleaning up three extra meals. There's more work. I'm like, well, give them more chores. Exactly. Teach them them how to. Get them off their phones. Put Yes. Like, we'll get into that. But so how do they reach you? How do parents get in touch with you? Uh, They can definitely go to my website, which is foodaddictionhelp.ca. Um. I'll give you my email address, which is just ckennedy at laurentian.ca. And uh, yeah, they can just send me a message. Uh, Some people I work with, I work if they are really addicted to food, it takes a time to get them off. But if it's Uh, just a brief- To change a habit, right? uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So- I am happy to meet with them. I meet with the kids. We talk about food and we get real about what that looks like. I'm not trying to preach this, oh, we're going to cook this beautiful meal every day. You, It's like, what is manageable? What is doable? You need to meet the family where they're at. That sugar content per week. Yes, exactly. Thinking about your stats. So if if I'm going to use a calculator, so if it's 24... 20 what did you say people average kid is eating 24 teaspoons of sugar a day yeah so it that's was that's 168 yeah. teaspoons a week mm-hmm. times 52 weeks a year that it's 8736 calories of sugar just just so you know folks <laughs> that is i don't know how many pounds of sh- of that is and our bodies can't process it and are not supposed to be processing that Exactly. Um, right. And that's where I felt soon as I even had, I went, I go through the weeks with very, I'm very careful with my sugar consumption, no treats. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekend, it was my son's birthday and we, he wanted an ice cream cake. Oh my gosh. Did that just set me off? Yeah. I felt like I was, I felt like I was on fire for a bit and then I mm-hmm. hit and then I felt like foggy brain for at least a while. And I thought, you know what? I just don't like going there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes a while to recover. Absolutely. And consuming those foods, I mean, it makes you feel awful, but then it also makes you crave more. So like the next day, the next two days. Yeah. Next day, the thoughts come in. Oh, is that ice cream cake still in the freezer or in the fridge? You start to think about it and it's that obsessive mind. That's, that's addiction. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to wrap up a few things that you've said here today, Clarissa, and you have a few tips that you wanted to add too. So let's hear your few tips to give to uh, parents. Maybe, okay. Give me your top three and then we'll do it again on our next episode because I wanted to cover that with athletes. For sure. My, num- my number one thing would yeah. be to cut out cereal. Cereal is definitely... Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's not healthy for anyone. It's not food. And it's, yeah. yeah, it has the health halo effect, right? The cereal companies are selling it to you like it's healthy, but it's not. Yeah. Um, and what would you substitute then, Clarissa, for cereal instead in the morning? I would use eggs. 
oatmeal? Uh, yeah, oatmeal. Um, or, or toast? Whole grain oatmeal, whole grain bread, all of those things are definitely more better than cereal. Okay. Um, eliminate fruit juice. Don't even have it in your house. If you do have to have it in your house and you have young kids, water it down. That is, it's, we like to call it fruit. It's alcohol for kids is what it is. And that's how serious it is. And it's not necessary. You can have uh, water or get like a soda stream machine and make it bubbly and make it fun for kids. And they can put some- They're just going to make that noise, you know, all day. Yeah. True, but at least you know they're consuming water, right? Yeah, I think they like even with their water bottles when they have them at school, they make that little noise, and I can hear the water bottles going off. Like if I happen to be in a school, yeah, I hear the. I'm like, okay, guys, get it out, get to get your whale noises out of the way. Okay, so you said cut out cereal, cut out the fruit juice. What's your last one? Be an example to your children. Model good behavior. They, if they see you eating whole foods, nothing will influence their behavior more. Okay. So I was going to say, uh, that's what I hear, heard you saying. So I was, I was thinking that my top three to parents from my, from my, um, just listening from you yeah. is definitely to throw out some processed foods and come up with other options. Mm-hmm. Perhaps carrot sticks instead of um granola bars mm-hmm. right there is one yeah go through your absolutely pantry, go through your pantry go through your fridge what are simple changes that you can make and also my third one was what you just said which was be an example and a role model mm-hmm. so if you are going to grab sugar go eat it in the laundry room and Right. And do your research, right? Be informed. If there's one book I love, I don't know if you can see it. It's called Super Super Food for Super Children. And it is for super children, folks. Yep. And it has a whole bunch of recipes, super easy, what you can give your kids for lunches and stuff they can do themselves. It has been the number one tool I have given to parents. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure we're mostly all familiar with the whole 30, anything yeah. on those kind of food plants, which is just. You mean 30, like, 30, 30? Is that what you mean? Uh, so the whole 30 is just basically, it was a diet, but it promoted eating real food for 30 days, cutting out oh, sugar. Okay. Sorry. okay yeah. So, and just, I like to say, Anything you can't eat with a knife and fork, you should really question. That's a really good. I like that. I like because that. we become this. Um, did you eat a fat? Did yes. Nuts. Yes. You can't have a treat until you've put in your right. Yes. And, and if they're athletic kids, then my kid. I mean, they're outside. They're doing their sports. I mean, now during COVID, they're in a bit more, but only because it's minus 15 right now. Right. <laughs> but they, well, they go skate and they go hit pucks outside. Nice. But it's not the same because usually they're in school outside for another hour and a half. They walk to and from school. So that's about two hours. We got to make sure we make up somewhere else. Absolutely. Right. But I like that. I really, really like that. If you can't eat it with a, a knife and fork, you have to question it. Yep. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Clarissa, for being here today on At the Table with me. I hope that we can can meet for the next one we talked about, which is about how to sustain our athletes. Absolutely. Uh, and, and in terms of us looking at this as an addiction, um, I, I am seeing that food addiction is increasing because mm-hmm. binge watching is also increasing. Absolutely. It's just another addiction outlet, right? Yeah, it is. And I, I, I didn't think of that connection. Like I did, but I, I just, to make it, I thought, because I try not to eat anything after dinner. Mm-hmm. That's right? beautiful. That's a uh, great rule. I said try. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 but I, it's progress, not perfection, I, right? I, exactly. That's what I tell my athletes. Um, I, I pretty much do. And if I do, I have a yogurt. Yeah. A plain yogurt? Um, I think I eat a Greek yogurt. Or, but if that's bad for the environment, I was reading. So now I'm like, or I'll eat nuts. Yeah. No, I just mean instead of a flavored yogurt, because oh, it's not that's it's like always at. Oh, you froze there. Hang on. Well, she froze. So I'm going to just stop there and continue uh, on myself. But thank you so much for being here today. Mm-hmm.